things. We got our consecration coming up, and I'm excited in the name of Jesus for what the Lord is doing. The scripture that I have that I'm using is coming from St. John chapter number three. St. John chapter number three. And if I could have my monitors, I'd appreciate it uh, up a little bit. Again, St. John chapter three, and I'm going to be referencing a little later on 1 Kings chapter three. But in St. John chapter three, verse number 16, the word of the Lord says this, for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. One more time, for God so loved the world that he gave. And today I want to just use as a title of the message, Love is Giving. Love is Giving. In our English language, we use the word love to apply to everything we have an affection for. So we love our grandma. We love ice cream. We love our dog. We love the Chiefs or the Steelers. We love Housewives of Atlanta. We love our spouse and we love the Lord. But as you can see, we use that one word love to reference all of our affection. But in the Greek language, they bring differ differentiation with each meaning for love and has a specific word to reference a specific love. Now, I can't go through all of them, but some that you might be familiar with, one is philia. Philia is an intimate, authentic friendship. This love is akin to a soulmate. <laughs> Consider the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Then we have Eros. Eros is romantic. It's passionate. It's an appreciation for one's physical being or beauty and is driven by attraction and sexual longing. It describes desire and obsession. It is most similar to what we think of as romantic, passionate love between life partners. And consider the word erotic. That is eros. Then there's pragma. Pragma is committed, compassionate, a love built on commitment, understanding, and long-term best interests, like when you build a family. And then there's storge. 
Storge is familial, one way. This love is the protective kinship, base love. You likely experience with family members, like a mother to a child or to a child to his parents. It's like also a sense of patriotism to a country or an allegiance to a team. All of these things are various loves that the Greeks made sure there was a distinction that you just didn't use the same word to represent everything. But the last one that I want to spend a little time talking about is agape. And as we enter into this season, this, this season of passion, as we are soon going to be talking about the death resurrection of Jesus Christ, agape is that empathetic, universal love that refers to unconditioned. It's the highest form of love. It's charity and the love of God for man, of man to God. Agape embraces a universal, unconditional love that transcends and persists regardless of the circumstance. It goes beyond just the emotions to the extent of seeking the best for others. That's where I want to go. You see, agape is not self-serving. It's all about giving so that others can be blessed. Love, agape, is giving. That's why when we consider 1 John chapter number 4, the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That word love there in the Greek is agape. God is agape. And that's why we have been commanded to have the same love because God is agape. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God, look, has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. There it is. For God so loved the world that he gave. Because agape is all about giving. It's, 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 it's not about what you can do for yourself. And again, I am persuaded that all of our actions are based on a spirit. And if love, agape, is giving, then the opposite is true. To be stingy or concerned only with self is not of God. The system of the world, consider, that we live in, instructs you only to be concerned about yourself. 
To be stingy is to be miserly. It's to be unwilling to share with others. No generosity. It's a spirit. The spirit of stinginess is the opposite of the spirit of giving. And if love is giving, then you can see that stinginess is not of love. I've shared it many times, the story about the young man who I gave some money to get some candy. And when I saw him coming down the the aisle, I said, hey, can I get a piece of candy? No, this is my candy. Wait a minute. I just gave you the money to buy the candy. Spirit. It's a spirit. And if we're not careful, we will be caught up with the spirit that is prevailing in the world. That's why our scripture reading that I reference. Uh, that we read today from Proverbs, Pastor McKinney read from us, Proverbs chapter 11, using the message version. The word says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. How many can testify that when you have blessed others, God has been a blessing to you? Hallelujah. And that's why this church specifically has put as its forefront the mission to help others, even in the community. We're not just concerned about what happens within these four walls, but we recognize that ministry is beyond the four walls. And the time, the money, the effort that we spend to help others that have not had the same privilege, maybe that you have had, is a blessing. And that's the call of ministry. That's love. Because how can you say you love somebody, but you won't give to someone? How can you say that you love the church, but you're not willing to help the church? How can you say that you're willing to love everybody, but you pass by those and, and those that are without and maybe look down upon them as if they're not equal to you? But God, <laughs> agape, is love. It's all about giving. I remember the story of, that Jesus talked about the, the men that were giving in the offering and they brought, they were rich and they brought offerings. But he talked about a woman and all she had was two mites, two coins, but it represented everything that she had. And while others gave more, it was not in the same proportion or percentage. But because of her need, hallelujah, she said, I am willing. And that's what agape is, is when you're willing to give and not have any personal self-interest. Now to me, the ultimate example that I can share about giving, love being giving, comes from 1 Kings Chapter 3, verse 16. We read St. John 3, 16, but let's see the parallel of something that happened in the Old Testament. 
And there in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16, we find two women. Now, the Bible calls them harlots or prostitutes. Some commentators question whether that was the right usage of the word, but we'll go with what the scripture says. Two prostitutes, two hussies, hallelujah. And they came to King Solomon with a dispute. Now these two hussies, these two prostitutes, one had a baby, and then three days later, the other one had a baby. We'll call them woman A and woman B. Uh, woman A had a baby, and then three days later, woman B had a baby. The Bible is very descriptive. And the scripture says they both were in the house at the same time after they had their babies. No one was in the house with them. And they were caring for their babies. They were, of course, happy. They, you know how new mothers are. And both of them had their babies with them. Now, baby... Uh, woman B had her baby in the bed. And remember our program that we had at New Bethel, Every Baby to One? And we talked about the things that you should not do with a baby to ensure they at least reach one year old. Well, we find the same thing happened in the scripture that Woman B had her baby in the bed with her, and the Bible said she rolled over on the baby and smothered the baby. The baby died. The same thing we were pointing out with every baby to one, it happened even in the scripture. Woman B, she smothered her baby because she had the baby in the bed with her, rolled over, and the baby couldn't breathe. She was terrified. She found out that her baby was dead. So what did she do? Look, the scripture said she took her dead baby and went to the bed of woman A, and put the dead baby on the breast of woman A and then took the live baby and ran back to her bed and put that baby in her bed. <laughs> Remember, no one else is in the house. The babies are only three days apart, so you really can't tell. And the woman B was so devious, she says, I'm going to get my I'm going to get a baby because she, she was the one responsible for her baby dying. Well, morning comes and woman A begins to prepare and feed baby A 
uh, the baby that's uh, with her and finds out that that baby is dead. All the grief that she felt, the guilt that she felt, she wondered what happened? How in the world did my baby die during the night? Look, but as the sun rays started coming through the window, she looked at the baby and said, wait a minute, this isn't my baby. I can tell this head is bigger, hallelujah. And then she went over and saw the live baby with woman B and said, hey, you got my baby, you stole my baby. Woman B is saying, no, 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 this is my baby. That's your baby. And the woman A say, no, give me my baby back. I love my baby. Why did you do this? Woman B said, no, that's your baby. Your baby's dead. This is my baby. And they kept going back and forth. Hear me. And finally, they took the matter to the king just like in a court of law. And they each began going back and forth, proclaiming what had happened. And, and woman A told the king, this is my baby that's living. Her baby's dead. And, and woman B said, no, king, my baby is alive. Her baby's dead. And they kept going back and forth until King Solomon said, Bring me a sword. They brought Solomon a sword. And he said, since this matter cannot be resolved, and both are proclaiming this is their baby, what I will do is take this sword and cause this baby to be split in half from the baby and you can have the other half. I'm talking about love is giving. When woman A heard that the baby that she birthed, that she loved, that she, she, she gave everything for her life for was about to be destroyed, she said, wait a minute, old king. I know I've been proclaiming that this is my baby, but if it comes to this that you're going to kill the baby, let her have the baby. Love is giving. That she was willing to give up her child so that her child could live. Woman B, who had already killed her baby, said, King, what you're saying is good. I accept those terms. Just divide the baby and both of us will go on our way. You see, she had already lost hers. She had nothing to gain. She just did not want to have the satisfaction that woman A had a baby and she did not. 
So she was willing to go along with what the king suggested because it really didn't matter. She had no love and affection for this baby. She did not birth this baby. Uh, her baby's dead. She's trying to cope now in grief. But woman A who gave birth to this baby said, I love my baby so much that I'm willing to give my baby up for life. I wish someone to hear me. That's why many who were not in a position to necessarily become a parent and gave their child up for adoption, don't let a spirit of guilt come on you. Don't let anyone ever feel, make you feel bad because at that moment, you felt you did not have what was necessary and your love for your baby to have a better life caused you to say, I'm willing to give up my child so that they can have a life that I can give them. Woman A, <laughs> she said, King, don't do it. Let her have the baby. Now, most would have concluded, well, this wasn't her baby all along. But you see, love will cause a person to give. <laughs> love will take you beyond your comfort of what you want for the good of what is needed. When the king heard the plea of woman A <laughs> and heard how woman B was willing in a minute to cut the baby up and divide it. The king said, I know whose baby this is. This baby belongs to woman A. Give her the baby. And with that action, Solomon, who was known to be one of the wisest of men, that, that instance of judgment took his fame around the world. That he used that simple method of a sword to ascertain who was telling the truth. I wish someone hear me. See, when you become... Uh, when you have an issue and you come before a man or a woman of God, they cannot always just listen to what words say. Because both parties can make an appeal. But we've learned even in this past year how people will gravitate to a lie just through words. But if you're a man or a woman of God, you must make a decision based on the discernment of the Holy Ghost. That when God begins to speak to you, I've had instances where I've had to counsel individuals and maybe they were there with, with tears in their eyes. You cannot even be moved by tears because the Bible indicates a person will bring tears, but there's still no repentance. And we always remember the scripture that talks about man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, what's on the 
inside? What's the motivation? What's the spirit behind? Oh, God, but you see, the love that we had this year, we've been shut up. Listen, listen, listen. We've been concerned about our own well-being, whether we're going to make it or not. Oh, we can't go out the door. We can't do this because I got to be safe. Well, God is bringing us out. And as he brings us out, we cannot have a spirit of stinginess only about ourselves. But we've got to be about our father's business. This is leading up to the theme of our consecration. Delivered for destiny. Hallelujah. It's now got to be where we express and show our love, our love and giving. I'm not just talking about giving of finances or giving of dollars, uh, giving of tithes and offerings. I'm not just, I'm talking about giving the spirit to help somebody. The time that is necessary, the, 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 the advice you can give, the, the desire to see somebody in a better position that you're willing to volunteer your service, volunteer your ministry, uh, pick up a broom, pick up a piece of rag and dust off instruments. I wish somebody would hear me. Glory to God, I'm getting stirred up in here, but I only got a few minutes left. We as ministers, musicians when we come to the house of God and we might see uh, the Leslie Dustin before we get on the key somebody show me a rag that I could dust this off this is the house of God we must be about giving and we can never think oh this is below me I can't do this oh, I'm an anointed singer I'm an anointed preacher. I'm an anointed teacher. The devil is a lie. Because true ministry is about service. It's about giving. We've been in the process, sure, as we return to the house of God. I've been here almost every day, and I've got to applaud Pastor John Talbert, who has been working outstanding. He's been here from the early morning to the late at night. And even though he's a gifted singer, awesome worship leader, he's been around here getting dirty. Hallelujah. Working in the house of God. And you know what? I've been working the best I could beside him. It's all about love. If you've got love, it's about giving. For God so loved the world that he I pray that you've been blessed today, and I hope as we move forward, yes, things are not all in place, and you might have heard a few uh, uh, things going wrong. That's because we're getting everything ready. But in two weeks, as we come into the house of God for the Resurrection Sunday, Ooh, this place is going to be lit up with the power of God. I feel the anointing. I feel the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. But let us remember that love is about giving. Now, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies and your grace. Oh, God, we'll never get tired of thanking you for how you kept us through the pandemic. 
Ooh, glory to God. It was the blood that we sang about earlier that kept us, that you were our strength when we needed it and when we didn't think that we would make it any further. You, God, were our strength. And now, God, we've understood we have been delivered for destiny. Now help us use agape love. Not love for our own personal interests, our self-desires, what we want, but God, let us have that same agape love that for God so loved the world, he gave. I pray the blessings of God upon you. In John 2002, we have individuals there who are who are ready to receive your words because you need to let the Lord know I'm ready to give my life for you, God, because I love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week in Jesus' name.